welcome to another episode of Ryan's Method Passive Income Podcast. Here's your host, Ryan Hogue. Hey guys, thank you for joining me. Today I'm here with Adam and Amanda. They're both uh, successful print-on-demand shop owners with a unique success story that has allowed Amanda to uh, basically work on this full time and Adam may soon be following in her footsteps. So guys, thank you for being here. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah. She hasn't been working for, you know, about two years now and I'm hoping to retire literally in a couple months. So it's been working out really good. Um, we started off, uh, she just ended up getting a cricket machine and then I was just like, Hey, why don't we find a way to make some money off of this? And uh, we, we started off making things like stickers and we streamlined the whole process. And over the last couple of years, it's really been um, lucrative. And uh, yeah. So yeah, we're, two, we're hours, very two years in. You guys are only two yeah. years in too. So who knows where you'll be in another two years. I and mean, that's really exciting. Do you mind sharing what a cricket machine is for people like me that didn't know what it was, even though I bought one uh, for Marielle? Like <laughs> It's, uh, well, you could do lots of different crafts on it, but what we use, uh, we actually don't have a silhouette anymore, or now we have no, a silhouette. I don't have a, cricket, don't have a cricket anymore. I got rid of it. It wasn't working good for so you me. You upgraded. Yeah. We, we upgraded, um, yeah. So what I use it for is just like cutting out our stickers mostly. You could use it for a ton of different stuff, but we, I use it for like our sticker business. Yeah, we, we started off, um, so we've been making stickers, and um, that's what we, uh, we have a couple stores. So we started off, um, we have uh, seven stores right now, but we just started wow. one, so. Yeah. And um, the, we do have print-on-demand stores, like just with shirts, like the very typical yeah. approach where we use either Printful, Printify, stuff like that. Or um, the digital download store, we have one of those. Oh, too. yeah, we do have yep. that. Um, there's, there's a little bit, like, as Ryan said, there's a little bit more unique approach here because, um, there's a lot of value in having stuff like a niche based store, right? Yep. Um, a lot of times you have like a general based store and you just kind of plow it with, uh, products. But what we really did is we tried to make it specific to one niche and that has brought a lot of opportunities so far. Dude, I love that approach. Um, I mean, I love that you're successful with it. Like for me personally, I, I don't know that, you know, in a perfect world, I guess, if I had more time, I think I would definitely follow suit. And it was really interesting. I think you were telling me before we hit record that, mm. is it true? Do you guys have like websites tied to your, um, would it even be what I call it an Etsy brand with a website or like a website that also is on Etsy? We have a, we have a website and we have an Etsy brand for two of our stores. We, we sell um, on both platforms yeah. at the same time. Yeah. And yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, because Etsy's perfect. You get all that free traffic. I mean, it, you know, when you have a Shopify store, now don't get me wrong, we we lure people over from Etsy and that's a good strategy right there. Like if you have both of those platforms, what we kind of did is since we're doing manual fulfillment, we package in the order with a kind of uh, thank you card and the reference to a discount code going over to our Shopify store. Yep. And, and, and that works envelope out really good. Sealer, uh, the envelope sealer is a little discount code for our website. So that's how we've been getting most of it to come over. Which means like we're not paying for ads on Shopify. We're we're able to be doing this successfully without doing ads at all. Like I mean, we pay for a little yeah. bit of Etsy ads, but you know, we found sneaky ways to kind of get in there. No man, I love that. That's awesome. And uh, are you also like stealing the email addresses from Etsy for the most part? Isn't there like tools dedicated to doing that? Well, um, there is uh, there's a couple tools. Matter of fact, Etsy has uh, something specifically to capture it. And shame on me, I have not done my due diligence for. Uh, doing the emails. I mean, they're, they're accessible, so you can find that information out, but, you know, building the list and stuff, I think that's part where we could probably get a little bit better on. 
We did a little bit when we moved over um, because for one of our shops, we like take requests for things. So when people, uh, when when we we finish their requests, I would go into Etsy and get their email and email them. So then I could then tell them like, oh, hey, we have this, but it's over on the website. Because obviously Etsy is going to frown upon us trying to move our traffic somewhere else. Um, So we did do that a little bit. Yeah, that that strategy works out really good because one of the things we have in our business model is... um, for example, we have a brand based off of something that Ryan talked about before. It was a red bubble shop called uh, Sugar High Cutie Pie. And we thought it was just so cool. We made something like, you know what? I want to have something that's just adorable little animals and stuff. So we went gung-ho and we, th- this is our process. We go and get the art made, right? We go use something like Fiverr. I build relationships with people who don't have many rankings. And then I try to, even though they don't offer a certain service, I will try to get them to make something that I want them to. And if it turns out good, I have a long lasting relationship with them. And the coolest thing about that is when their prices go up, your prices stay the same. So you can get all this talent from uh, these outsourced platforms. And then you take it from there. You, um, you know, she comes into place and she makes in the stickers. We put up the listings and stuff. We get it out there. Um, convert people over to Shopify by, you know, the packaging and all that other cool stuff. And then uh, I know we were going to talk about like conventions and some other stuff that we did. I don't know if you want to get into that now or. Let me ask about um, when you, I love that you're taking people over to Shopify where it's like completely your domain, your, your customer, the fees are lower. So like, uh, do you mind sharing like a, it doesn't have to be exact, but like a gist of um, what your profit is looking like or like what's your average order value? Like what is your average price point? How much profit do you take in per? Cause you're also doing something that most people watching don't do in that you fulfill a lot of your own orders, which yeah. a, yes. like you guys have made it work. You've streamlined it, which I love. So, and you even showed, you showed me the whole process one time when we had a little uh, private Skype call, which was super cool. So what are what are your margins looking like? Well, you might not believe this at first, but like stickers, there is such a high margin. It's ridiculous. We make the most profit off of stickers um, because after we, we do some like feeders where we are feelers, uh, we'll make some designs, put them up there. And when people order them enough, we'll look to another uh, place like sticker mule or uh, vinyl disorders, another good place to look. And we have them printed in bulk. We get it down to about uh, 29 cents per. And then we, we sell them successfully on a regular basis for three ninety nine. So we're talking about like a, almost a times 20 benefit. And when we're, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it, it's not that much. We can offer free shipping. Uh, yeah. We get that, um, you know, boost in the Etsy algorithm because we don't have to worry about that. People are happy. We're happy with it. And um, yeah. we, we do have other stuff like that's our introduction thing, right? Like we don't do 100% just manual fulfillment. We do have regular t-shirts. Um, I've heard a lot about people loving Printify and stuff like that. I still use Printful. I, I don't know. I like their quality and we have a lot of success with that so far. They're really good when it comes to tracking the orders and, you know, the troubleshooting with customer service and stuff. Uh, we make, let's see, we sell them for like, uh, how much are their shirts are for? I think they're $27.99. 27 So, you know, you can have the, <laughs> we, we use the, the Gildan or whatever for, uh, do you, Ryan, do you remember how much that is right now? I know they raise their prices. Uh, $9.95 by baseline. $9.95. Hopefully if you get the volume discount, it brings it down a little bit. So yeah, I mean, so that's that's pretty good, you know. Are you are you mixing stickers and other t- product types in any of your shops, or is it kind of like each shop is a specific product type? 
No, we have, have uh, we have multiple different product types in each door. It just depends on what works best for each door. Um, but lots of our stores, we have like a variety of stickers that like I fulfill at home. But then also we might have a lot of print on demand stuff that just automatically gets done for us in the same shop. Do you yeah. see a lot of orders with multiple products? Like maybe like complimentary products, like a shirt and a sticker? Well, 100%. We have, and I think that's one of the things that really helps because, you know, you're talking about always building up more of a real estate online, right? So the way it works for us is uh, for our adorable store, one thing we went really gung-ho about was people's different dog breeds because you won't believe how many people come up to us and say, you know, nobody seems to have stickers for XYZ. You know, the other day, I think it was a uh, Burmese Mountain Dog. No, um, what are some of the ones you hear? They say we don't have it. They even say it for like blue healers and oh, cattle dogs yeah. and stuff like when, that. When we first started, I was trying to get like very rare dog breeds that like not a lot of people have, but the people that have them, like they want stuff for them. So like Borzoids, mm -hmm. Bedlington, stuff like that. And we were getting people buying those just because there's not a lot of other options, you know, like those aren't popular dog breeds. So, you know, if someone's looking for it, that they're going to find us. Um, so since we've had such success with that, now we're trying to do like all the dog breeds. So like more that you're going to have more competition over like a golden retriever or something like that. But since we already have, you know, like a, a, a growing store, it's a lot easier for us to be found for like our more, you know, you know, breeds that are easier to find stuff for. Yeah. yeah. You already got an established shop from yes. maybe getting some like almost free sales carving out the like lesser known dog breeds. I love that. Do you have, do you have long hair micro chihuahuas stickers? <laughs> I do have, I do have a variety of chihuahuas. Yes. We're working if on you need, if you need a model, some... I know a couple. <laughs> I know we send us some pictures. I'll take yeah. up on that. Yeah. Cool. To answer your question more thoroughly about that though, it's not just selling stickers, although we love it when we sell that because we make a lot and it's worth the time. But you know, if people love their basset hound, they're going to buy a basset hound like mug or a t-shirt and some yep. other stuff. And we have a variety of things that we have using the same artwork. So it's like, we're not, you know, we get to like utilize the same artwork for multiple products and I have yeah. to worry about it. And it's really nice looking stuff. It's not like I'm going on like Vectezy or Vexels and I'm just using mm -hmm. a design. It's like, okay, I've seen this a couple of times. This is like specific to a brand, which brings like a lot of opportunities, you know? Yeah. yeah it makes we you look more official. Yeah. And yeah. we've, we've repurposed a lot of our stuff. We have a lot of like keychains or pins now that are just repurposed from our sticker designs. So it doesn't cost us any more to make, you know, that yeah. design we can just, but you know, someone who's buying the sticker, they're going to probably want the keychain, even though it looks the same, they could put on their keys. They and do. I've noticed a lot of people will buy, like if, if I have, you know, my Basset Hound stuff on like four different things, they're going to buy all of the different things that they can get it on. Yeah. And on Shopify too. I mean, I know this is where Shopify can be like an endless uh, rabbit hole that you can go down, but you can like customize everything and yeah, you could almost just learn oh, yeah. from Amazon and put like a little, you know, underneath your product, you could put like frequently bought together. And you know, if they're looking at the shirt, you put them the mug, the, the yeah. pen. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. And um, I got, I got to probably ask you a couple questions after this because I, I, I might need some help with doing some of that because uh <laughs> I haven't gone down the Shopify rabbit hole myself because I'm like, I'll spend okay. so much time, you know? Yeah. There's so many apps for that too. It's bananas, you know? Yeah. But um, so now let's get into what should we go to next? Like, cause I'm really intrigued by that. You guys were at a trade show recently selling your stuff and yeah. also the licensing aspect. You kind of hinted at that story before we hit record. Like I want to learn more about both of those. Okay. So we 
what's really cool about doing some manual fulfillment is you have opportunities like going out there to the public and selling them things, right? You have a print-on-demand store only. Um, one of the only disadvantages is that you can't put into a public space and have people like physically walk up to you. You have online traffic, right? So we... Uh, We've only been doing a couple. Like we just did our second yeah, one. Yeah, this is but... our our first one. It was uh, nothing to write home about. It was the first year that it was being done, and I, we probably lost money on it. But it was a good experience. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's, it's a, a learning experience. experience. But now, uh, you know, we just got back from this uh, this show last Sunday. It was yep. a seven day show, and since then, like we have booked multiple other things for uh you know the the next coming months that we're really excited about and now you know like we kind of want to hit these like trade shows you know start doing a whole bunch of them now oh yeah matter of fact like if uh you know i'm being conservative when i'm saying that i could go ahead and like retire in like about a, a month or two you know i'm just trying to get a couple extra deals taken care of but from the success that we got from doing the trade show it's just like wow we can realistically go um, sign up for it. People absolutely love the products. You know, you you find out your display and you know, how people resonate with it and kind of change it accordingly. Mm-hmm. But what's really, really cool about that too is you're getting um, that traffic will, um, we've got like a banner with a QR code that's going to lead people to our website. People say, oh my God, that's so cute. Um, you, you know, your, give me your card and stuff. And then we'll get orders from those same people and they'll get some of the stuff that we can't provide like the print on demand because we can't have yeah. you know, like 100, 100 shirts and stuff. So it's like it goes back to that where it's like we can sell more stuff. We don't have to worry about fulfilling, but it's you do a little bit of extra work and you get a way bigger boost for traffic. That's yeah. and that's awesome. That's a great point that you're making, too. If you can send them back to the website, then you can get Printful to fulfill something. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I find it interesting because um, Marielle was doing like my girlfriend was doing like farmer's market stuff with her dog ice cream brand. I mean, it started uh-huh. with dog ice cream. She's expanded yeah. it. But like it ended up being just a great product for farmer's markets. Right. And like we didn't yeah. even know. And it's like, it's kind of struggling to gain traction on, it's not even struggling. She's making sales without even any ads right now on Amazon, but it's kind of like just a couple like test send-ins for FBA. But oh, yeah, like the farmer's market was crushing. So I wanted to know, you know, whether it's a huge success or like your first experience, just getting, you know, learning experiences. Right. But I love that, you know, you can share these stories with people watching. Cause I'm sure they're like, like me, they want to know how, how it was like, what, what, what was it like? Did you network at all? Like, did you make any good relationships that maybe will yield oh, future so, business? Yeah. We did. Um, he, he networks any, anywhere he goes, anywhere where there's someone he can talk to. He's about that, you know? <laughs> so this goes back into some of the advantages, right? Let's get into the nitty gritty. Like why is having a niche store um, really a good idea sometimes? Uh, one of them is when you're approaching somebody, we had three different vendors that we were working with. We're going to try to see if we can get our stuff in their physical locations. Now, if you have a bunch of random stuff, it might work. It definitely works for like Walmart and stuff like that. But if somebody has a store specific to one niche and you've got multiple brands with different niches, they're really just nice in the ballpark with designs. You can approach that person with confidence and say, hey, you know what? We've got all this. It fits your brand. Absolutely perfect. And there was, as I said, there's, there's a couple people in there who were really resonating, super excited about getting our stuff in their area. And it's like, what gets more automated than, I mean, you set up the connection, right? But then you get them to host your stuff, like buy it in bulk, not necessarily a concession mm-hmm. stuff we had to, or consignment, but you, you get them um, to buy your stuff at a decent discount. And you, I mean, it's like a level up, man. You're, you're, you're like passing everybody that you're passing me. You're passing everybody that watches this channel. You're, you're going straight to the like B2B. 
<laughs> that's the hope because it's just like when you've got a brand you can bring that you can take it up way to the sky right it's just like you know there's um there's so many advantages of um and there's value in a brand these, what's that there's value in a brand for sure yeah there is like the, the um cutie pie brand or whatever they you know you said they had the instagram marketing like it was really spot on it's all congruent people know what they're going after so it's just like oh that's really super cool so they get a couple items right that's another thing right continuity mm-hmm. brings more sales we in one of our stores we have like our we're constantly getting like maybe what 15 um items ordered at once and stuff like that yes it, on a consistent basis and it's just like how cool is that because you've got people looking for a specific thing and then you say okay well i've got a lot of these things that fit within that same uh category you know that person so that, that's super cool yeah that's awesome and how did this uh lead you to like talking about licensing um some of your like you know intellectual property out to other companies I don't know. If, I don't want to steal all uh, the shine if you got something. So on that. that was um, somebody had messaged us on Etsy and said that they really liked a seamless pattern that I had made for like a, a tote bag in our store. And, uh, you know, they said they were uh, interested in getting the license for it and left us their email. So we emailed them, chatted back and forth, and they ended up purchasing the licensing agreement for the seamless pattern that I had made of just designs that we had made up. Um, So they ended up getting the seamless pattern that they were going to make dice trays with. Um, And then they also got each of the individual characters that were used in the seamless pattern um, and they were just someone that approached us. Yeah, they just saw it. it was like they were resonating with the brand because it fell well in line with them. They made board games and stuff. And the shop we're talking about <laughs> is called Geek on Fleek and is selling the, like, the genre of people who love board games and D&D and stuff. The product we're talking about specifically, it's like little dogs and cats. Um, we've got little tote bags where they're dressed up in armor, like one's a paladin, one's a ranger, one's a warlock. Yeah. And we just uh, she slapped it on to like one pattern, like utilizing all those different mm-hmm. things in one design. And then, you know, we sell those stickers individually and we also sell the tote bags. It's like we're repurposing our stuff. But he was just like, oh, this is so cool. And it's just like, well, yeah, because it's just like you're not going to find this stuff. This is all being like made specifically for a thing. So like you're you're kind of like making dreams come true in that sense. And for that guy, you know, he's going to start putting them on dice trays and stuff. And it's like, hey, you know, more power to you. I, you know, I'm not trying to. Uh, steal anyone's uh, thunder they can use the stuff i mean he paid for the rights i'm cool with that deal you know there you go that's a good sale you're also like an established brand which was very exciting because i mean they have things uh you know like we're also really into board games like they have you know board games that i can go to my shop you know my local shop and buy so like you know he already has an established brand so i like i'm very excited to see like our designs and like their stuff like who knows maybe they will end up in stores i don't know yeah Yeah. could be a start of something big so that's awesome it's exciting to just see that you went from you know 2020 not really having any experience and then just kind of I don't know. I don't want to take any credit away, but it's kind of like, you know, you just kept going one stepping stone to the next, to the next, yes. to the next. You're still climbing. Like, where do you see your business in um, in a year, in two years? Okay. So the thing about the way it's been expanding, it's really crazy to say because, you know, there's, I'm sure you've seen this before, like that point where you start getting exponential growth, right? Like, did you have a point in your own um, journey where you notice it's like, wow, you can't fathom how much like it's increasing. Like, do you know what I'm talking about with that? 
Yeah, yeah, I think so. I don't know if like one point stands out, but like for sure, when you kind of like get that that confidence, you feel like you got a tailwind, and you know, now you're just gonna go and see how far you can take things. Yeah. Well, there's because of the rate of expansion is going up so much, and we keep refining, we keep listening to what customers want, we keep doing these networking events, and we keep doing this other stuff. The craziest thing is, I don't know where it could possibly be. I have an idea of like, okay, well. If I do, you know, I'm, I'm doing like merch by Amazon also too. Like I can project that. It's like I'll put all my designs every single day. And like statistically, it's more easy to figure out. So I kind of know where like something like that would be. But for the Etsy stores, um, you know, for one example, there was one person who we met at the convention and he, we've got a brand called Stitched Up. Um, and the whole basis is, is like these zombie creatures and stuff like that. And like little Grim Reapers, people absolutely love, especially like getting close to Halloween. Well, he wants to make a... Um, kind of like a Halloween town 365, like a thing where people can go in that like creepy little area. And we've got like creepy, cute stuff. And he was super jazzed. And he said, you know what? This stuff could really work out well. Well, if something like that goes through, um, it's hard to calculate how much more growth that gets because we're getting the exposure from the customers. We're getting the sales specific to the person. And the bigger you get in the example of like um, the board game person who bought our rights, the more opportunities immediately come to you. And it's really crazy because you attract more and more success just because you're more credible. You know, you're, sure. you're building up an entity and you can really like take ownership over this thing. It's just like, you know, that's the power of shop of us, the power of having your own niche and your own like brand. It's, it's really cool and exciting. I mean, I'll tell you what, I mean, the, the dream is I would like to figure out a way to have, um, have our stuff. I'm not sure exactly what the products are going to be. If it's going to be stickers or something else, but I would like to be in, you know, like those bigger box stores or something like that. You know, I think it's very advantageous for anybody. So there you go. Yeah, and you don't always have to, and who knows, before you know it, you'll do that. You'll be selling yourself short. Cause you'll end up owning some chain of, of your own stores or something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just like, plus it's like, we're talking about, we have all these different brands. What happens if just throwing it out there? Right. Cause I know I've, I've, Told you a couple ideas. I don't know if they're all going to go through because it's pretty ambitious, but like you could make your own community. What happens if you have like, let's pretend you make 20 brands, right? You make them all relatively successful. Well, now you can make a community. I mean, I know it's all your stuff, but if you get a big enough entity where you can make a marketplace selling your stuff specifically, other vendors are going to be more likely to want to be a part of that maybe, right? Like what happens if you have 20 brands, they're all on there. People know it's all, all your stuff, you know, you're just creating something bigger and bigger and bigger. And I mean, just like with uh, vendor events, the bigger you become, you can start hosting events and you can start getting money from rental fees. I mean, it's just like incredible. I know I think, it's not print on demand, but I, no, just, I think like it's great, though, because it is expanding the scope of what's possible. Some people think like, oh, I'm selling on Etsy. Therefore, I'm just an Etsy shop. And it's like you're kind of showing like, no, you can be more than that. And um, yeah. I was just thinking while you're saying that, like you could in the future, I'll bet you anything. We're going to like tokenize ownership of like it's a possibility. But you can like tokenize ownership on a blockchain of, you know, any number you could you could do like one mint of your unique design or you could do like 10 and just have like up to 10 people purchased nft that represents the tokenized ownership and you know monetize it however they want and there's some i don't know i just feel like the future is gonna be really cool yeah it's funny you said that too because my buddy was trying to get our stuff on open seas it didn't go through but <clears throat> we, we were thinking about like how cool would that be because everyone was about nfts and stuff um but yeah you're you're absolutely right it's like there is so many there's so many like points of ownership that you can take that you create some create some magic in there you know a lot um, of ways to monetize it <laughs> yeah 
I don't know if uh, do I have a second? Can I add something in there real quick? Absolutely, of course. Yeah, yeah. Like if you have anything else to, to add, please do. And then I think we've like covered quite a bit, so it's been great. Okay. Okay. So anyone listening out there, I really want to say something here. Um, there is um, an attitude that I hear an awful lot where you're talking about. Um, so uh, Ryan can go ahead. He can like link up the stories we're talking about for like context and stuff. We don't mind sharing that kind of stuff. I'm not worried about people going I'll put on there then. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not worried about people seeing our brands and being like, okay, well, I'm just going to make a duplicate of that because we know it's a big issue with like Merch by Amazon where you have pixel by pixel artists and you've got other stuff and you're you're janking all of their um, their hard work for your benefit. So I know that there is a little bit of a stigma where there's a hesitancy to want to share different ideas. But the best way I heard it before is it's like that is like a pie mentality, whereas it's like if you are doing better than I am doing worse – when that is a wrong framework, you know, the idea is that we've had so many different ideas and brands. And I'll tell you what, this is shame on me, Ryan. Will be, <laughs> you would not be proud of this, but you know how we started off some of these brands on a whim. We didn't do any niche research whatsoever. So it's just like, that is absolutely contrary to everything anyone says. But when you get jazzed about stuff and you go into it, you just dig deep you can kind of manhandle something until it starts selling. I mean, we, we did that with some brands. We just, it didn't work. Okay. Well, let's do this on top of it. We just kept stacking, making this massive sandwich of a store, but somewhere along the line, we figure out what's works so we could just use that brand and voila. And people start, like some of the whimsical stuff. But the, uh, if I were to like be more concise, what I'm trying to say here is don't be afraid of, you know, having ideas, going out there, sharing them, talking about the stuff. People can really help you out. It's helped us out immensely because, um, oh, geez. I, I mean, well, you already know, right? You know, people can, you can talk to people with ideas and they can really help you hash out, you know, the, the flaws and some of the other things. There's some really good ideas. I mean, not everyone's out there trying to steal your work, but I don't know. I'm not going to go on. Them. It's, it's funny. It's I get what you're saying, though. And I mean, when you're talking amongst sellers, it's like we all know that, you know, you can, you can tend to kind of copy paste other people's stuff, but um, yeah, I get what you're saying too. You, you, it's not just that you maybe have like a good graphic that's selling well, like you're building something beyond that, you know, with your approach, like you have your niche stores, you got websites attached to it. You, you got licensing deals, you know what I mean? You got it going on. So um, yeah, like people can't take away us going to conventions. People can't right. take away like our artwork. I mean, I, there's, you know, they could take the artwork and stuff, but you've got, that is your artwork. It's, yours authentically so you can take whatever action you're going to and you've got more of a foundation behind it if you build like a you know business entity and stuff yeah that's yeah. been great thank you for sharing that perspective because uh it is kind of like contrary to what i'm typically talking about just but you know like I, i'm just making it work for me like kind of being a shill all using automation to post a million list, listings and stuff like that but you know it, it frees up times so i can do youtube and whatnot so um you know what, what's working for me is working for me what's working for you guys is pretty amazing pretty impressive um Amanda, anything you want to add before we wrap up? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't have anything off the top of my head. Cool. Adam, you good? I, I think I've gone on long enough. And, uh, <laughs> you know, for the future when we uh, when we have future success stories or something, you know, I'm sure I'll make a bullet list or something so I don't go all over the place. But, yeah, I, I think we're good today. <laughs> no, I think it was great, man. I think you guys shared a unique perspective and like everybody loves hearing a success story, especially one where it wasn't just like, oh yeah, we just, you know, casually sold a few million dollars and retired, but it's like, no, Hey, we built it from the ground up. You achieved a lot in, you know, a little bit over two years and um, that's going to resonate with a lot of people. So guys, thank you for being here. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Thank you for having us, Ryan. Mm -hmm.